This podcast is made possible by thousands of dedicated listeners just like you. Be a part of this powerful three-decade legacy of evangelization by visiting materdayradio.com or downloading the Hail Mary Media app. And thank you for joining us on the bridge between your faith and everyday life. Jesus said, My sheep hear my voice. I know them, and they follow me. I give them eternal life, and they shall never perish. Speaking to his flock in the Archdiocese of Portland in Oregon, we join Archbishop Alexander Sample as he reflects upon our faith, culture, and life in the church on The Voice of the Shepherd. Joining Archbishop Sample is your host, Dina Marie Hale. And now, The Voice of the Shepherd. Greetings and welcome to The Voice of the Shepherd with His Excellency Archbishop Alexander Sample. Today we're going to focus on a springtime update on vocations and seminarians. And our studio just grew a little bit, Archbishop. We have also (laughs) in studio our vocations director, Father Peter Julia. So as we get started today to talk a little bit about where our seminarians are, the bright future that we have, also some ordinations that are coming up Mm -hmm. in the Archdiocese of Portland, would you please start us off in prayer? In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Good and gracious God, as your people continue during this Easter season yet to rejoice in your Son's victory over evil, over sin, over death, over the ancient enemy, we ask you with your Son already now to pour out the Spirit upon our listeners, to open their minds and their hearts, to hear a word that you wish them to hear, and we we thank you for how you are working by that same Holy Spirit to raise up in the hearts of our young people uh, a response to your call to serve you and to serve your church. So we place this time in your hands, Father, hoping that and praying that it will bear fruit in that way of, of finding workers for the vineyard. All of this we ask through the same Christ, our risen Lord. Amen. Amen. O Mary, conceive without sin. Pray, Pray for, for us who have recourse, recourse to thee. thee. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Yeah, and all these years I've been doing, it just dawns, I mean, all the years that I've been doing uh, The Voice of the Shepherd, this is the first time I've actually, actually had somebody else in studio with me other than than the host. Yeah. <laughs> so oh, well, nice I'm to, honored. Yeah, it's nice to have honored. you with us, uh, Father Peter. <laughs> Thanks, Archbishop. Thanks, Dean Marie. It's good to be with you. I love it. Absolutely. You know it. You know, we just celebrated... Good Shepherd Sunday. And and this is, I think, just a Sunday that I remember is just a beautiful time for us to recognize the gift of the priesthood. The, the Easter season particularly reminds us that Jesus gave us the priesthood to bring him to us and how if we don't have our priests, we don't have our faith in Christ with the Holy Eucharist. And so I just wanted to have both of you have an opportunity to share a little bit with your 10-year anniversary Imagine the amount of growth that has happened within the Archdiocese in terms of vocations and particularly the priesthood in these last 10 years. And look, we've seen the growth of Father Julia yeah, coming well, to be a vocation say, just, be, just before we, for our listeners, uh, just before we went, we went on air, we began recording. Uh, uh, why don't you share uh, with everyone, Father Peter, the realization you have of 10 years or where you were 10 years ago. Oh, yeah, right. You know, that's actually a funny story, too. I don't know if the Archbishop will say when when we met, when and how we met. I, <laughs> I remember first... it well. He, yeah. <laughs> Father Peter Julia was the first seminarian I met uh, when I arrived here as the new Archbishop of Portland. He yeah. was 
covered in sweat and his jogging <laughs> clothes in the courtyard of the cathedral. Because <laughs> he was doing, was you a pastoral year or were you on a, a it, summer it, assignment? It was then? just the uh, the Easter break because you arrived. Oh, okay, like, that's right. Uh, yeah. Did you arrive on like I Easter Sunday I arrived, afternoon? Or I something? left my previous diocese on Easter Sunday morning to right, arrive. Right, right. And it was so funny because I remember like the terror that a seminarian would feel that I'm like getting up off of the ground from doing some push ups and here's my brand new archbishop and I'm like this sweaty mess and it was just such a funny meeting. Well, I thought if this is the caliber of guys we got here, we're going to be in good shape. <laughs> and so, yeah, the funny thing was, as archbishops have been reflecting on his own 10 years since he was installed as our archbishop, I was a candle bearer at the installation <laughs> Mass as a first year seminarian. So my entire, really my entire time as a seminarian has really been under Archbishop, even though I was admitted under Archbishop Vlasny, Mm -hmm. sort of like just barely. I mean, um, my whole time though was effectively under Archbishop Sample. And so to be the vocations director now and for the Archbishop to introduce me the other day at the seminary tea, and then for me to introduce Deacon Justin, who's kind of like a little brother to me, (laughs) The way that I often refer to our faith is, you know, it's that standing on the shoulders of giants. Mm-hmm. And, and of course, on a day like today where we celebrate, you know, the Apostle St. Mark, y- you think about that. It's just like, okay, well, the big giant is Jesus, but then all of these apostolic giants and all the people that came, and then even the giants in our own lives, our, our grandparents and parents, the ones that actually passed our faith on to us. Uh, so it was kind of an overwhelming feeling and, and realization that you're in the history you know, you're sort of in the history books as people who are evangelizing and passing on the faith, but just to see the responsibility that's that's given to you when you give back, when you're docile enough to learn from the church and be formed uh, as as we do in seminary. And so you're like, wow, what a decade. It's been a wild ride. Yeah. And you said something really important, Father Julia, about passing along the faith. And that's really how we form vocations is how do we spread the faith? How do we share that faith in education and catechesis, but really in our example? And and maybe Archbishop to talk a little bit about just that focus of vocation, of how do we spread the faith, share the faith in encouraging the people of Western Oregon to have a vocation, to know what vocation means, and then to foster the vocations to the priesthood religious life and married life. Right, you know, I think that, you know, for, first is is to understand that 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 there is each of us has a vocation, you know. And of course the universal vocation for all of us is the call to holiness, you know. A vocation is just simply a call. You know, it comes from that of course Latin root vocare, the verb to call, vocation. So we all have a calling in life. Uh, and and the initial call and the uh, fundamental call, the universal call to all of us is the call to holiness. But within that that universal call to holiness lies each of our own individual vocational calls, the things that God created us to do. And I think that's 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 part of it is to help people understand that we're not just created r- randomly. <laughs> you know, we're just these r- random human beings wandering around without any sense of, of, of real uh, direction for our life. No, that we are actually created for something. God 
actually created us for a purpose. God, not ultimately because he loves us and wants us to be with him forever, but, but beyond that, that larger reason why God created us, he created us for a particular purpose, and he has a, a plan for our life. He has a vocation for our life. He has a way that he wants us to grow in holiness and to help especially young people understand that and discover that. Because I, I, I've said before, we're, we're always asking young people, and I, I fall into the trap myself, you know, uh, what, what, uh, what do you want to be when you grow up? Or what do you want to go, where do you want to study in school? Or what do you want to do with your life? No, 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 that's not the question. The question is, what has God created you to do with your life? Um, and I, so I think we need to be, be bold in going there with young people and helping them understand and speaking, uh, you know, quite upfront about uh, that vocational discernment of what what am I created to do? What am I supposed to do with my life? You know, uh, Father Julia mentioned uh, that that he was introducing uh, Deacon uh, Justin Echeverria at the, at the at the tea, who was a younger seminarian brother to him. Well, Deacon Justin. Uh, I, I met him the very first uh, summer I was here as the archbishop, and he was this young man that somebody else put on my radar and said, <laughs> "Oh, right, you bought him a pizza, right?" Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you know, <laughs> that's, no, that's and, and he, he, somebody, and it wasn't even a Catholic, but somebody who was good friends with, with Justin's family said, "You got to meet this young guy. I think you know he's he might be thinking about being a priest. And I think he might have a priestly vocation." So I said, "Okay, you know." So I took him out for pizza, and it took me about three years working on him to get him in the seminary. And now here he is a, a, a deacon of the church and in, in, in about a year and uh, well, about a year, uh, be ordained a priest, you know? So, but it, so it, it's to be, it's to be upfront and clear and intentional, I think in, in helping our young people see that there's a purpose to their life and there's something that they were created to do. Right. And in the ministry of the vocational office for you, Father Julia, I think about being present, being where the people are, connecting with those young people wherever they are, wherever their interests lie. And what are some of the things that you're seeing in ways of reaching out, connecting to these folks, whether it's at school, in activities, in their parishes, where you're connecting with our young people? Yeah, interestingly, a lot of this actually kind of flows from, I think, something that Archbishop Sample has been doing for us as priests. You know, we, we've kind of delved into a lot of healing ministries. Dr. Bob Shukes, Be Healed, Be Restored, um, Father Ricardo's ministry for Acts 29. A lot of these things have sort of fostered like a healthy vulnerability amongst us as brother priests. And then you start to realize, especially with something like the Road to Emmaus Gospel this past Sunday, what it's like to actually journey with other people and that you have to sort of get down on their level and be able to talk to them. and But they can't think that you're sort of above them or separate from them in a, in a lot of ways. And it was kind of incredible because I was at LaSalle uh, High School in Milwaukee, and I had one of their all-school masses recently. And I'm in the sacristy just by myself, and I'm like, Lord, what do you, what do I need to say? What do you want me to say? To even just like move them a little bit. Because the funny thing is, is I've worked with youth a lot. And so I'm probably slightly less afraid than some of my brother priests of a, a giant room full of high schoolers. But they're one of the most terrifying audiences <laughs> that exists in the world today. Mm-hmm. And so I'm like, what do I say, Lord? And one of the things that pops into my head, I'm like, not that, Lord. And I was just like, are you sure? And I'm like, okay. And it was just a story about when I was in college and I wanted to ask a girl out. And I made kind of a little bit of a fool of myself. But in the end, it turned out to be sort of like a funny success. And, I, and I'd and i realized that, you know, when you think about 
truth, beauty, and goodness. And then you also think about love. There are certain universals that still appeal to them, even if they're in a world that's giving them a different message. I was like, you know, love and romance is probably still going to hit them where it counts. And it's so funny when I tell them how embarrassing it was when I made a fool out of myself talking to this girl in the hallway. And then when she came to talk to me a couple weeks out and then ended up asking me, they cheered, like clapped and started cheering. I had no idea I would get that reaction. I was like, oh, gosh, Lord, you were right. Like love so or just finding a way, you know, a compelling way. To, to preach the gospel, as, as Father John Ricardo says. But the only way to do that is sort of know who they are and, and be a little bit vulnerable to be like, I don't have this all figured out just because I'm a priest. And and then all of a sudden, you have some of those kids who will come up to you and speak with you and, and talk to you about different things. And you could finally start a real conversation. And, conver- and Archbishop has tons of real conversations with his priests, and it allows us to actually be real collaborators with each other. Right. To be with people where they're at. That's what Jesus did. Mm-hmm. He came and hung around with the fishermen. He listened to them. He didn't He didn't drag them, but invited them and walked with them. And I think, Archbishop, as you look at vocations, vocation discernment, supporting our seminarians, walking with these men yeah. as they're forming, listening to what where their struggles are, their accomplishments— and encouraging them absolutely, the you know. And I think for me, as as a, as a bishop, you know, I've been I've been at it now for seventeen years, and I'm a little disappointed that it, you know it took me so long to kind of figure <laughs> this piece out. But you know, one of the best investments uh, that I can ever make of my time is to spend time with my principal collaborators in in the ministry uh, of of this archdiocese, and those are my priests. But that relationship begins when they're seminarians. Mm -hmm. And I have made, you know, a very intentional effort to not only get to try to know my priests and to to make myself available to them uh, and accessible to them for them to share their hearts with me and for me to share my hearts with them, but I also do the same with our seminarians. I try to really get to know these men. And even when they're in the discerning process, and mm-hmm. I think, you know, Father Peter will say, you know, I mean, if if a guy is is really getting serious, and and we're really looking at him and and hoping that he might apply, I'll meet with him, and and encourage him, and sort of give the thumbs up, uh, you know, if 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 that's the way things go. But then once once our men are in the seminary, I think it, the most important thing I can do is really try to get to know these men and to know their hearts, to know their minds, but also so that they know my mind and my heart as as the shepherd and as the one with whom they will one day pray God, collaborate in, in priestly ministry. So they so they're not you know, we we, we can't have uh, lone rangers out there. Mm-hmm. We have to be united, we have to be unified in our in our sense of mission, in our fraternity with one another, with our bishop, to be about the work that Jesus has given us to do. And this is this is this is the way of the early church. Jesus gathered the apostles to himself uh, to create a bond of communion among them in order to set their hearts on fire with the Holy Spirit to do the work of evangelization of the world. Now, granted the the apostles were all different they had different personalities. I'm sure they rubbed each other the wrong way sometimes. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I love uh, anybody who's following the the uh, the, the Chosen. The chosen mm-hmm. You know, it's like, uh, of course, it's all uh, uh, artistic interpretation, mm-hmm. really, of the Gospels. But you see the conflicts between the apostles and the 
the the jealousies, the making fun of each other, et cetera, et cetera. And I'm sure that went on, and it goes on today <laughs> in the priesthood. Oh, yeah, but my, the main thing for me is I want to walk with these men. I mean, the vocation director, Father Julia, that's his primary responsibility to be to be a spiritual father and shepherd uh, these men through through the process as well. But you know, I'm also uh, called to be that for these men as well. I, th- I think it a great responsibility for me. I'm potentially ordaining these men mm-hmm. for pri- priestly ministry and service in the church. I should know the man mm-hmm. on whose head I lay my hands on yeah. the day of his ordination to make that man a priest. I want, I, want, I want to be able to know this man and know that this man, that, that through the imposition of my hands, is, is being configured to Christ, the high priest, and set... Uh, to minister among the people of God in this archdiocese is this is a man that I know and 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 have a relationship with mm-hmm. as a spiritual father uh, as as a shepherd i mean I, I just look at 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 uh here at, at Father Peter, like you said, you know he was just beginning his time in the seminary when I came on the mm-hmm. scene. I walked with this man yeah. through all of his years of formation, you know I made the decision that you know that 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 you should go to rome and 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 uh, you know, and then now when I ordained him, I felt I know this mm-hmm. man, and now here he is, our vocation director. We work very collaboratively and closely with each other, and I can say that there there are there aren't priests that 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 are more on fire and more in in communion with me and in in consort with me and and unified with me in the sense of the mission. But that didn't happen accidentally. That happened because a relationship was born right. through his years of, 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 of even formation in the seminary. And that's such a great example. You're following the example of Jesus. Christ himself took that time with the various men that he brought as those first early disciples who had become our first bishop, Bishop Peter, and then to go along with all the apostles. And so what a great shepherd along the way. I want to have Father Peter Julia tell us a little bit about where our seminarians were closing up the graduation's happening. Uh, we're getting into the summer season. We have some ordinations happening. I know May is a diaconate ordination, mm-hmm. and we'll follow into June with a couple of priestly ordinations. Yes. Yeah. Praise God. So give us a little report card of where we are with the men as they close up their, their year of study. Oh, yeah, absolutely. It's interesting, too, just because... My predecessor, Father Jeff Irvin, you know, he did this for eight years. <laughs> so it takes a little while to get, you know, and I started working with him about a year ago, um, not not that long ago. We were kind of doing things together for a few months. So I definitely feel a lot more comfortable now. Uh, but it's but it's a lot of stuff to keep track of. You know, you have seminarians in three different states and one different country, and and then all these discerners who are kind of all over the place that don't fill out paperwork very well, <laughs> you know, and things like that. But um, yeah, and so right now this is a great year. It's actually been many years. Usually we've been having like one ordination or two ordinations, one ordination or two ordinations. But this year we're going to have three men ordained to the priesthood. So we have three transitional deacons. And then we actually have Father Dustin Bussey, who's finishing up what we call a fifth year priest in Rome. And so that's four assignable priests this Mm -hmm. year, which is which is fantastic. And next year it's going to be very, very similar. And then Deacon James Ladd, well, the soon-to-be Deacon James Ladd, so he'll be ordained a deacon on May 20th, just coming up here. And so this is the time for me where it's a lot of weird juggling. All of those guys are being officially called to orders either to the diaconate or priesthood, but then I'm working with all the applicants who need to enter this this sort of summer-slash-fall, 
And then it's also all their summer assignments. So all the men are going to be assigned to their summer assignments. So it's a real challenge back and forth. You got like a ton of moving pieces. Uh, and, and as Archbishop said, that they're all individuals. And, and that's one note just on what he was talking about is collaborating with each other. I, I don't know if, if, if everybody really understands how it works, but it's pretty awesome. Like Archbishop and I, sometimes just like a movement of the Holy Spirit will happen, like a discerner that we have been working on together like one day, Archbishop ran into one of these guys who was in the midst of kind of the crisis of whether or not he was going to enter. He ran into him in Costco. <laughs> oh, my. And, 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 and we communicate via text message about a guy or, or like seize this opportunity or, or like, can you do this or can you do that? And, it, and it's like real time communication like it would be on a battlefield like sort of like yeah. give the order or, or collaborate <laughs> on the thing that's happening and that's pretty awesome like and i don't know that everybody has that kind of level of collaboration with their with their bishop and so even when it comes to some of the things that we're doing now like you know maybe a guy you know of course the enemy is going to try to make a man doubt mm-hmm. before his ordination or something and so if i get wind of that or if a guy's communicating that then archbishop immediately it's just like let's meet with him or let's talk to him or or, or let him come talk to me and so i like the the sort of swiftness which we really tried and i tell the guys too, call me like i'm trying to build that cult that culture of communicate good communication because we know in any any relationship you have to have good communication and so they're starting to take me up on it too like just call and i'm going to get back of all people that call me I'll answer the phone if Archbishop calls me or if one of you call me. If my my, my <laughs> parents right. would probably have to call me through. I talk to them. If you're on a regular, phone like, call and you see the Archbishop is trying to call oh, you, yeah, of course, like, do, I the, have to go. You do the hang up and, and that's answer, right? right? <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. There's, a, there's a priority list there. And tell, so, tell, tell, in addition, uh, uh, Father Peter, to uh, uh, the, 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 the milestones, if you will, that you were talking about coming up with these ordinations and, and all the work is going. Uh, talk to me about how many guys you're in conversation with right now. Oh yeah, I mean I'm I'm in conversation with probably 12 men right now. Over over 20 over the the year I've been here or the the 9 months I've been here or so. And then right now, I mean there's really 10 guys that that could have, that are kind of in various levels of the application process right now. And I'm just praying that we get 7 or 8 of them all the way through. You know that for some reason or another, there's just going to be some reasons where, where maybe not every last thing. But I've been really trying to push the envelope of those guys getting these things done. And I remember actually on Divine Mercy Sunday, I wrote an email of encouragement to these guys because I knew that they were having trouble with, with some of these different things, filling stuff out, things getting erased. And again, everybody who's in Catholic media, I was yep. talking to Pat yep. about this at yep. Modern Day. It's just like other people said, I've worked in other technology fields in the world. Everything goes off without a hitch. But, you know, when it comes to the church, you know, the enemy really interferes with certain things to discourage us. And and so in the same with these guys. So I sent out this message of kind of divine mercy encouragement to many of them. And then we all met on a Zoom meeting. And it was amazing. Some things that were everybody was worried about started to move forward again. And I'm just really, really thankful about that. But yeah, like I said, there's kind of like 10 to 12 rotating conversations that are going on. Actually, in fact, the other day I was talking to two discerners on the phone the other uh, other day on like a conference call, like a Zoom meeting. 
and I was just like, so you went to Wheaton College? And it was just like, oh, no, I went to OSU. Or like, oh, I'm sorry. And it was the guy in the afternoon I was about to talk. Yeah. So sometimes you have so many conversations around that you're just trying to keep them, keep them straight. We like all those conversations. No, and it's great. Like, And, it, and I love to hear the way that the, I, I had sort of a theory myself, and I think many other priests and, and lay people thought the same thing. I really do think over the craziness of the pandemic that the Lord called many men. In, in the silence and the difficulty there, in that it just it was going to take a little bit of time for them to kind of come to the surface, right? As the world sort of got back in its normal rhythm, uh, because we just weren't really meeting with people in the same way. Like Father Jeff wasn't able to meet with people in the same way in the last couple of years that I have been able to this year. And so, and they're coming. I mean, I really think that they feel called to fight the battle in a really direct way. And, and so, so I'm hoping that that's going to be the new thing going forward. I hope almost twice you know, as many applicants. And, mm-hmm. and, and you know, and I, I want to really encourage our, our people, our listeners, uh, to be praying for this. You know, we have to create even more so uh, a, a, a deeper culture of vocations mm-hmm. in, in the Archdiocese of Portland in terms of uh, praying for priests and religious vocations too, you know, to religious life, especially for our young women. But, you know, we're, we're, we need to focus uh, largely on, on the recruitment of, of men who will step forward to be priests, because I have to take care of 124 parishes and 22 missions, uh, in, in, you know, and I need those men to come forward. So I, I'm, I'm on my knees every day uh, praying that the Lord, I just say to the Lord, send me mm-hmm. more vocations. And I talk to Our Lady yeah. and I say, Mother, I need help. Send me the men that I need. And I believe, you know, God is really doing this, you know, and, and so sometimes from un, unexpected places and quarters, mm-hmm. men are coming forward. And so, but I really want to emphasize that to, to our people. You, you know, this is one of the few things that Jesus specifically ordered us, challenged us, told us to pray for. When he looked out on the crowds and he said, he saw, he said they were lost they look lost like like sheep without a shepherd he says the harvest is plenty but the labors are few pray therefore Mm -hmm. that the lord of the harvest would send out workers into the harvest so we have to pray for vocations and 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 i want i want to encourage everybody out there i want you on your knees every day praying that the Lord God would send us the vocations that we need here in Western Oregon. And Dina Marie, I do a very simple prayer that's exactly what Archbishop is saying. For I remember Father Ricardo shared with us, uh, many people have seen the movie Hacksaw Ridge, about one of the conscientious objector who went out and you know was saving all these people. And his prayer was, Lord, help me get just one more. Yeah. And I say that every single morning. Lord, help me just get one more after my morning offering mm-hmm. and stuff. So, yeah. The power of prayer, and we encourage you, especially with that morning rosary with Archbishop, when you lead that morning rosary <laughs> yeah, on Modern more Day more Radio. More people saying that they're joining me, and I, I don't even join myself. <laughs> well, on that Hail Mary Media app, we can pray at any time. And please, folks, continue to pray for our vocations here in the Archdiocese of Portland and Oregon. And with that, so great to have Father Peter Juliet joining us today. Thank you so much. We'll pray for you during this diaconate ordination in May, the priestly ordination in June. Quovada stays coming up in June for our young men. We'll probably talk more about that on Mater Day Radio and, of course, for our shepherd, Archbishop. Yeah. Would you help us close with your blessing, please? Absolutely. Lord, I ask your abundant grace and blessing upon all of our listeners and upon all of the families out there. 
And I just ask you, Father, through this radio broadcast to touch the hearts of many and may this broadcast be an instrument of your grace to reach hearts that will respond with a yes to your call to serve. And all of this we ask through Christ our Lord. Amen. And may the blessing of Almighty God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit come down upon all of you, your families and loved ones, and be with you this day and forever. Amen. 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 And as always, I want to thank you for tuning into our program and invite you to join us again next week. For Archbishop Alexander Sample, I'm Dina Marie. Until our next encounter, may God bless you. You've been listening to The Voice of the Shepherd with Archbishop Alexander Sample, a production of the Archdiocese of Portland in Oregon. To subscribe to this podcast and access to all of our past shows, visit moderndayradio.com. Please email your comments and questions for the show to info at archdpdx.org. Learn more about the Archdiocese of Portland in Oregon online at archdpdx.org. Peace be with you. If you enjoyed this podcast, please consider sharing it with a friend. You can support this vital mission of evangelization through materdayradio.com or the Hail Mary Media app. And thank you for helping us lead souls to Jesus through the Blessed Virgin Mary.